Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you walked in join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in through our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome author Max J. Friedman to our broadcast today. Max has written a powerful book that's not only near and dear to him because it deals with his family, but I think has some great lessons for all of us. It's called Painful Joy, a Holocaust family memoir. We're going to talk to Max not only about the discovering of this history for himself, of his family, their resilience, and also their challenges, but also the lessons that all of us can benefit from as we're able to pick up the book and read it for ourselves. If you all are just now finding out about Max, we'll let you know how to be able to find him. But Max, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate you stopping by. Glad to do so. Thank you for having me. Glad to do it. Max, I'm, I'm sitting here holding your book now. I got my copy through Amazon. It is available there for our audience. Of course, they can also order it from their favorite bookstore. I want to talk about this journey for you, though, because it is such a fascinating look, not only at your own history, but also what you have been able to learn about your family, their challenges, but also their resilience. How has it benefited you, Max, to be able to have done this history and now to be able to share it? I, I think in several ways. Uh, first, uh, it was just a startling uh, series of discoveries over a five-year period when I finally decided at a fairly advanced age, I'm 73, uh, to actually delve into my past. I knew very little about what had happened, who my parents were beyond the one-dimensional people that I saw who were traumatized drivers of the Holocaust. And so it, it gave me an opportunity to be surprised, to be, go on a roller, an emotional roller coaster, if anything, as I, as I discovered things that I uh, couldn't quite uh, grasp quite uh, well and easily. And uh, it also uh, gave me a great deal of lessons about uh, perseverance, about resilience, about survival, and about what hate can do when when things go awry and and people are dehumanized. Mm, yeah. And I think too uh, the thing that I took away from it Max and you know as you kind of shared the history and even then inserting yourself in it remembering memories of you know your father coming home from work and you know being able to go through you know his his, his backpack you know and and be able to look for things for yourself I thought it really reminds us of the preciousness of life right and how easily things can change. In the world we live in today in 2023, we definitely see that happening day by day. Was it also something that came to you as well, Max, that the, the, the life that they lived really showed how quickly things can change and how it impacts us? Uh, definitely. Uh, one day things are okay, or at least okay in their world, which was a world uh, in, in uh, pre-war Poland that was filled with anti-Semitism and hate uh, at a, at a, a constantly uh, modest level, perhaps, uh, with, with surges over time. But uh, one day, they're, they're living a life. My father had a wife and, and two little girls. My mother had just gotten married. And, and the next day, uh, the world 
both upside down in a way they couldn't even imagine as it was happening. And I think the preciousness of life became part of the way at least my father understood uh, about survival and about about family. And, and I came to understand that uh, throughout my life, uh, living with my parents, but, but also even more when, when I found out just, just how horrible it was and what they might have become if it hadn't been for the Holocaust. Mm, yeah. And I think, too, Max, I, I really want to commend you. I know this could not have been easy. I mean, and you you really do, in many ways, implore the reader to, you know, to kind of step outside of ourselves into their shoes. I want to read something that you wrote, if you don't mind. Uh, for those who have the print edition like I do, I have the paperback. It's on page 87. And Max writes this, Consider being placed in what effectively is a cold, dark room with no escape possible, a great unknown that promises only torture, beatings, starvation, and backbreaking work ending in death. Your past doesn't exist. Your future is unlikely. That is the nature of the Nazi camp system. Only the present exists continuously at that. Just that paragraph in itself, Max, I think just reminds us all of and because we, we have read about the Holocaust, we've heard about it, but what was it like for you to put yourself in that situation that also encouraged the reader to kind of take a step back and into what was the lives of so many? Uh yeah, it, it it was horrific, and yet at the same time, it was not joyous. But but uh, it gave me a sense of freedom because I I had been uh, stuffed in a certain place about these one-dimensional par- uh, parents of mine. But I didn't really understand until I started to go to where they had lived uh, and where they were imprisoned and where they might have died and where everybody else that they had ever known and loved. Uh, had been murdered. Uh, when we went to Auschwitz, uh, you you learn as you're walking around the demolished crematoria that, in fact, the ashes of the, the victims of, of hate uh, are strewn under your under your feet. You walk on those ashes, which for me meant that I walked on the ashes of my father's first wife and his little girls, who in some ways became my sisters. And knowing that is, is, is very hard to take. We were with somebody who was leading us, who had been to Auschwitz many, many times as an historian. And he, just, he would cry, and we would cry. And the first time I ever heard uh, and saw the names of my father's children, Ada and Fagla, a one-and-a-half-year-old and a four-year-old, I, I couldn't stop sobbing. Uh, and, I, and I want people to understand these people not as numbers, as statistics. Uh, they, their names were actually taken away from them in the camps, and they were only given numbers and only called by their numbers. And, but to begin to understand that these were human beings who had lives, who had families, who had love, and, and then just like that, lost it all, and, and not a, for one day, but for years. They were in these camps for years. Yeah. And and I, I think there are so many 
eerie parallels to the thinking of so many today, Max, which is what makes this book so powerful and important. You mentioned the years it took you to write it. Could you have imagined, though, now that it's out and you're having conversations like this, that it would be as timely as it is today? No, I had no idea. I started writing this book in in earnest and researching it in 2016, just as, as we know, things were starting to change. And, And but but so much happened between 2016 and and today around the world in Ukraine in this country uh uh with racism with anti-semitism with political divisiveness that certainly in my lifetime I had never seen uh before uh all of that suddenly started sounding too close much too close yeah, and it definitely, I think, if anyone is 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 paying attention, and I think that's a big part of this as well. If they're choosing to look outside themselves, because a lot of times it's very easy for us, Max, as you know from probably talking with people, it's very easy for us to get stuck in our own worlds, right, and not think about what is happening around us and those who are impacted. But I think a book like this definitely invites us to do that and the importance of it. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, it's on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live, already having a great conversation today with Max J. Friedman. He's the author of the new book, Painful Joy, a Holocaust Family Memoir. Again, I got mine through our friends at Amazon. You can get yours, of course, there through your favorite bookstore. We're going to also let you all know how to stay connected with Max as well. Max, you referenced something that you actually wrote about uh, after the passage that I read, and that was the stripping away of one's identity. And that seems like such a little thing sometimes when you say it, but to actually think about being reduced to just a number. And I couldn't help but think about uh, having over the years talked to different inmates who've been on here and felt as though they were no longer treated as humans or seen as human beings. They just became a number. Who they were did not matter. How did that help you to, I'm curious, to appreciate your own identity and who you were? Um, I, th- I think what, what it made me understand is that we're, we're even more complex than we think we are and, and, and complicated than we think we are. And the connections that we have as human beings with each other and inside ourselves with getting to understand who we are and where we came from are also complicated. Uh, we, we would we we would do our research and, and we went to Poland and Sweden and, and Germany and Israel, uh, my wife and I. And and what you came to understand is when we would ask somebody a simple question uh, about one thing or another, they would say, "No, it, it's complicated." And I think uh, what the what the Nazis did and what we've been doing, unfortunately, in this country, is we we make everything seem simple when they're not and people are not simple and and our experiences are not simple at all they're they're multidimensional and once you start taking that away taking away the appreciation that that people are more than who they voted for or what color they are or what religion they are uh then you take away their humanity, and once you take away you, their humanity, then you can do what, what what Mengele said that he would do. He would look at people that he was selecting uh, for going either to the right or to the left, either to the gas chambers or to slave labor and eventually to be starved to death. Uh, and he said he had 
they were already dead. He saw them as ghosts. And I think that's what we have to avoid and understand and remember. Right. When you just mentioned that, I thought about something you wrote in the book as well. Uh, if you could see my copy, Max, I have these yellow post-its all t- <laughs> throughout the book. But uh, one thing you said, and it goes to what you were just mentioning about the ghost on page 152, it made me think about that. Um, because you mentioned, of course, your, yourself visiting, visiting Auschwitz. And you said um, today Auschwitz tra- attracts a million visitors a year. I would encourage everyone above the, the teen years to visit. You will find, as we did, that there are ghosts here everywhere you walk, ghosts that will haunt visitors forever, rightly so. Explain that to us, what you meant by that, and, and, and what that was like for you to experience. Uh, well, when you go to visit, there are these long lines of people waiting uh, to be taken on tours around, and you see people carrying uh, gypsies, uh, Rom- Roman, Romans, uh, carrying flowers uh, in, in, uh, to remember the people that, that they lost. Uh, you see uh, displays of the luggage that, uh, that these people were allowed to carry to the camps because they were told they were just being resettled somewhere. You see the toys that, that the children carried with them, the eyeglasses, mounds, mounds that go up as though it's a mountain. And, and you see all that, and then, then you start looking at where they slept and uh, what, what it might have been like in the, these, these dark corners of the world uh, and, and understand more, more why people would come and run to the electrified gates to kill themselves it's because the barbed wire was, was sometimes a blessing for them. And, and when you walk, uh, and, and it seems endless. It's, it's a very, very large camp. Uh, and uh, a million people come or so each year, and over a million Jews were, were killed and murdered in these camps, and, and countless others uh, uh, gave uh, just uh, Hungarians who came not not till 1944 and were killed on mass, and and you get to understand again how now this this. This memory can never leave, leave you, and it should never leave humanity because yeah. it, it's too close. Yeah, it is too close. And, and and I think, too, as we are having this conversation, Max, it, as someone who's an optimist myself, uh, the thing that I, I thought about myself when I was reading Painful Joy is that I'm literally myself, one generation separated from segregation. Um, the school that I graduated high school from is the school my mother attended as, uh, and when it was segregated. Uh, and I think that you know we we look at things and we think they were so far away. This book reminds us that history is a lot closer than we than we sometimes imagine, and that if we're not if we're not careful, we could very easily be reliving some of the very things that we say that we we want to avoid. What is your hope for readers as they kind of look at the world around them and read this book? What do you hope it does for them as they do try to look forward, Max? I, what I want the readers to do, I hope, uh, not, not only uh, in a sense on a, on a personal level, I wanted to restore the humanity that, 
that was taken away from my parents and that I didn't understand even how much was taken away from them and how much they really lost and how they could even survive that, let alone have start a second family. But I, I want people to understand that uh, and walk away uh, from learning about two strangers and by the end of the book, I think you get to feel for them. You get to feel for who they were as human beings. And, and when bad things happen to them as they get older, uh, I hope, and I know it's true for people I know who've read the book who didn't know that much about my own story, uh, cry. And you can cry, you, you can laugh, but, but mostly you have to understand that there are individuals behind all these stories uh, they're your neighbors, they're your friends, and in some cases you think they're your enemies. But whoever they are, they have value. And and that's that's what I hope people get from that, value about Sam and Frieda Friedman and, and the value that they had and, and all the families that they lost and, and the millions of others, uh, whether it's from the Holocaust or from genocides that have happened since the Holocaust or from racism and anti-Semitism and other horrible ways that people treat each other. I think it's um, it's important as we're having this conversation, Max, that this month is also being recognized uh, as uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, you do address that in the book about PTSD and, and trauma. Um, have you been able to continue to deal with your own trauma as you kind of also continue on this jump and this journey? I, I've come to terms with, with what happened. I came to appreciate, again, my parents in, in, a, in a much more loving way, and, and I got to understand them. Uh, so what, what replaced trauma or emotional distress, uh, although I did, when I started to do the, this, uh, the research for this book, I, I had many, many nights where I just had nightmares about concentration camps. No surprise. But I had avoided stories for so long that, that, that that's what would happen. Uh, but, but at the same time, I, I discovered that my parents once loved each other, which you didn't see and, uh, when you were living with them because they, they were just so distraught and, and distressed so often. They loved us. And you felt that, but not the love for each other. And and that was actually uh, the reason why it, uh, the book is even called Painful Joy, because there there was a poem which talks about what happens to love when love is touched by death. And when I saw that poem, I knew that that was going to be the title of this book. And and it, it gave me uh, both sides of, of what I lived through and what my sister, who was older than me, who probably even understood better how 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 crazy it all was, uh, lived through, and 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 uh, it it made us uh, feel better and more whole, I think. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a really powerful book, Max, and a great conversation with you about it. Again, everyone, Max J. Friedman has been our guest. Painful Joy is the book. A Holocaust Family Memoir is the title of it. You all can get it, as I mentioned, through our friends at Amazon.com. That's where I got it, but also through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to work with you in ordering it for you. Max, what about for yourself? How can our audience stay connected with you? Oh, sure. 
uh, I, I'd love to hear from people. I'd love to try to answer questions or direct them to somewhere that where they, they might get answers. Uh, I have a website, Max, www.maxfriedman, M-A-X-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N, one word, dot net. And you can go there, and on virtually every uh, section, there's a, a place where you can send me a note, and, and I can respond to you directly. Uh, and you can also learn a lot more. You can see more pictures. You can see excerpts from the book. Uh, and you can see other bits and pieces of where I had tried to discover things, and it might lead other people to, to maybe look more carefully at their own family stories and see what they might want to do. Love it. Well, Max, thank you again for the time. Really appreciate you stopping by and, and looking forward to, to spending some more time with you. Great. Thank you for having me, and, 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 and I hope it, it makes a difference. Yeah, I know it will, and we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care. <laughs>